Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 90. And this is an interview with a really interesting guy named John Stoy. Grab your pen and paper and let's talk finance. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I'd like to introduce John, and he is here to talk about his... Uh, totally interesting background and varied experiences, which landed him in the finance sector, but with a very interesting journey. So, John, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Take it away, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks, thanks, Michelle, and for having me on. Um, so I'm John Stoy, and uh, I am a financial planner and advisor. Spent, uh, spent the first 15 plus years of, of my career uh, in finance. Um, up through what they uh, what was we thought of as the financial crisis um, back in uh, 08, 09. I feel like we're in another uh, financial crisis right now, although it's a health crisis driven financial crisis. But uh, but after uh, the financial crisis put a couple of my financial businesses out of business, um, I got tired of um, basically other people affecting how my business went, uh, be it um, the government or uh, people in the financial world doing things that, that frankly they should not have been doing, things like that. And, and so I, I did a complete 180. I decided I wanted to, to open my own business and it, I didn't want it to have anything to do with finance at all. And so I looked at potential businesses to open and what happens to a lot of folks, and 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 obviously, folks that are listening to to your podcast, uh, I looked at the barriers to entry to uh, to to starting a food business, and they were lower than most businesses, um, not inconsequential, but but lower. And and I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna open a food business, um, and uh, and I started looking at different ones, and one of my friends from business school had actually started. Uh, a grab-and-go sushi company in Kansas City, of all places, and um, and he had always been bugging me about potentially joining him in this business. And so, so I, I looked at it and I said, "Well, what are you, you know, what are you doing?" And 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 took took a chance. And and what he said was, he said, "I want to be the Taco Bell of sushi." Huh. And I said, "Yeah," and I said, "I said, okay, well, so that's there's an there's an idea there. Um, maybe we can say." be the chipotle of sushi at least i don't know um but uh but uh but but he had this idea of of, of providing sushi more to the masses um and and i said okay well i don't know anything about running a, a restaurant uh i'm not i'm not that kind of people person i am a people person but that's that's not that's not the type i am in terms of getting people in the door and stuff like that um but but i can run processes and so I like the idea of sushi because it's an assembly process, basically. If you get, right, if you get folks with good knife skills, you buy the right ingredients. Um, and most importantly, uh, and again, it's, it's nice to talk to folks uh, who would be listening to your show. They know uh, if you cook the, right, the rice right, 
you can make good sushi. And so, so I said, I will open up a uh, sushi store here in Atlanta um, as long as there's no retail. So I'm going to make it all wholesale. And this is another little thing um, that I always talk to folks about uh, when, when they ask me about starting businesses. Uh, think about what you want to do with the business long term. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to run that business long term. So what I did know is that I wanted other folks to be able to see the value in the business. And I wanted to be able to basically sell it one day. Um, and it's, and it's often very difficult, right? To sell food businesses because um, it, it, it's hard for potential buyers to know what the cash flow is going to be on a regular basis, uh, especially if maybe a longtime owner leaves. Um, uh, if, especially if they're involved in the kitchen or production or whatever. Um, but what I thought I could do, and this was my geeky way of applying um, the, uh, the sort of the, the business uh, numbers and, and analytics to the thing is that I thought if I could create a, a list of clients um, that were regular customers, essentially, then, then I would have a cash flow to point to uh, that I could then, you know, again, show the value. So, so I decided I would do all wholesale. I would go out and, and find corporate clients. Um, so corporate cafeterias, uh, school cafeterias, hospitals, um, anybody who had a, 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 a cafe in their building, um, those, are, those are the types of people that I would sell to. So I went out and, and I built that business up and, and we had relationships with the, with the Aramark, Sodexos, Compass Groups of the World. And, uh, and, and we provided this sushi for, I ran that business for about five years and sold it um, after we had our, our son because of, it became impossible for me to, we did all our production at night so that sure. the sushi could be as fresh as possible when we delivered it for lunch the next day. So, uh, you know, after the umpteenth call at 1.30 in the morning um, saying, boss, we ran out of avocados uh, and I had to, you know, leave and go to restaurant depot or wherever to get whatever they needed. Uh, my wife said, uh, we need to do something about this. And, and again, you know, luckily, uh, and, and, and although the, the foundation, I feel like I laid the foundation, but it was all, it's always luck when you get to sell, sell something like a business. Um, luckily I was able to, to, to sell it and, uh, and, and take a few years off to help raise my son. That's amazing. But I also, you know, you say luck, but when I am working with my clients, one of the first things, you know, like they come on and we do a consult call and they're like, Dr. Fadensteel, I have dreams of, you know, um, you know, being the sushi king of Detroit or whatever. And, um, and I say, okay, no, that's great. What are like, talk to me about where you're going to be in five years. Talk to me, what results are you trying to create? And, and what's your, what is your exit strategy? that you have to think about now. And it sounds like you really did think about your exit strategy from the very beginning. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and I'm so glad uh, that, that you go through that with your clients um, from, 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 from listening to your podcasts uh, in the past. I, I know that you go through a lot of these steps that so many business owners um, just want to ignore um, and, and, uh, and, and I get it. I get it. Uh, I had, a, I had a partner in this business, um, for a while. He, 
in, in the food business that is. And, and we would, I would try to get him to focus on food cost, uh, you know, look at waste, try to figure out, you know, wh what was going on here, there and everywhere. Um, and he would constantly tell me he didn't have enough time to do it. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to, he didn't want to go through the, the, the process flow and figure out where, what was breaking down. Um, but he was genuinely working 18 hours sometimes a day, just on all the wrong things. Um, and, and that's what I think, well, I, I, if I, I, I may have heard you say this, but, but people do, they'll, they'll do work to, to feel like they're working, but they're not doing the right work. And so I, I, I hope that I did that. And I hope that I, that I, that I communicate that to folks myself um, now in a, in a slightly different way when I, when I talk to them about their financial worlds. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had a binder for everything. And when inspectors came in and they, they'd go into my office or, the, or, the, or, or my GM's office and they'd ask for, you name it, uh, and we could just go right to the right to the to the bookcase, and there was a binder labeled, you know, incoming uh, incoming uh, <clears throat> ingredients or right right you know for, for all our logs were were there, all the reasons as to why we were uh, tracking stuff was there. Um, that just made everything so much easier, and 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 also and, and it was there for a potential purchaser as well. They had a they had a stack of 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 papers that they could go through and they could see how the business business was run and they could see how they could run the business the day after I left the building. That's super important to think about because, you know, I do audits for people who go in and buy businesses like yours and I do food, what I call them food safety due diligence audits. And I walk in there and the question is, you know, we you know, I've, I've done, I've done them for like private equity and, and it's family run businesses, legacy family run businesses. And it's like, okay, we buy out the family members, you know, and the institutional knowledge goes away. What's left? Where is what's left? Who can translate, sometimes literally translate it back into English. Um, <laughs> um, but, but who, where is that institutional repository of knowledge? And is it followable? Is it repeatable, if not scalable? Because that's where the value is. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, I tell folks who who aren't familiar with small and even medium-sized businesses and how they're run, um, not only in this country, but, but over the, across the world, um, that most of them really are run, doesn't matter what the revenue is. They're mo a lot of them are run mom and pop style. Um, and like you say, uh, if that person who is running the business on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, walks out the door or gets hit by a bus or whatever, there's a good chance that no one's going to really know how to do it the next day. Um, and, right. and, and yeah. And so, so, so being able to provide that to, to a potential buyer is, is invaluable. I think, yeah, we write our HACCP plan so that if um, the person who knows the most about the HACCP plan has a heart attack on the floor, the food remains safe. Yeah. Because that's literally the most likely thing that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, and fortunately, not all that likely. So, so that's really, really, um, really interesting. So now let's bring this up to the current day um, in talking about how 
people are like right now. So of course the restaurant industry has, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It has completely gone off the rails. Like, you know, if fine dining restaurants just kind of don't exist right now. Um, and, but yet our food manufacturers, like, so my companies who are doing wholesale to supermarkets and, and independent grocery chains and, and, and that sort of thing, they could produce 24 hours a day and still not make enough food. So talk to us, what, what do you bring your financial experience and paint us a picture of where you see where we are now and, and what your thoughts are about it. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so we're in a situation essentially that, that, that you obviously you hope never happens and you hope never happens for too long of a period. Right. But, but the parallels between, um, small to medium sized businesses, in this case, uh, restaurants, food businesses, and um, personal financial worlds, if you want to call it that, um, they, I don't think they've ever been more synced up, which is um, you've run into a situation basically where you've been laid off uh, or, or, or fired, but either way, through no fault of your own, your income is now curtailed, perhaps by 100%. Um, but you still have some fixed costs, right? Uh, you may be responsible for some wages still. Um, you may still be responsible for your lease. Um, all those kinds of things. You might have spoilage in your, <laughs> you know, in your, in your walk-ins. Um, just like in your house, you're still responsible for your mortgage payment. Um, you've still got to feed your family. Um, you may have, you know, you may still have school bills that are coming in for kids that aren't going to school. So it's, it's, and you have to figure out how to get from here to wherever the other side is. And the uncertainty is obviously not knowing what, when that other side is coming. Um, and then you have to decide, figure out what, when the, when you do get there, you know what is what does everything look like? What's 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 your life going to look like? What's your and what's your business going to look like? Right? Can it could it look the same? I mean, maybe, probably not. Um, and 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 so the first thing that that I always tell folks when I work with them um, on their personal finance uh, basis is it sounds so basic and you can, the, the, the internet, people will shout at you from the internet about this, um, about, about, you know, creating for yourself an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. um, well, you need that personally, right? Because obviously you don't want to be in a situation where if you lose your job, it becomes difficult to pay the rent or, 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 or feed yourself the next month. Um, it's the same thing, you know, with a business, right? Um, businesses don't fail because of, usually because of bad I ideas, they fail because of lack of working capital. Um, and so I, I feel a little, I don't say guilty uh, saying that because I know how difficult it can be, again, both on a personal basis and on a business basis to take funds and set them aside and pretend they don't exist because we have so many demands on, on, on what little funds do come in. Um, even if you have a, a, a higher 
revenue business, low, high, doesn't matter, right? Um, you have demands on that, on that revenue. Um, and, uh, it's, and as an owner, one of those demands is maybe even paying yourself, right? And so mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's hard, and it has to be, obviously, but it's hard to say, okay, well, you know, um, we had a good month. Um, I, haven't, I haven't made as much so far this year as I wanted to. Um, I was going to put, you know, X dollars in the emergency fund, but instead let's go for a vacation or something like that, right? It's, it's, it's so mm -hmm. tempting to do those things. And so um, I think, you know, for me, when I work with folks, uh, it's, it's doing the blocking and tackling of finance first. Uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's the most important. And, and if you can do that, then it, it takes away a level of stress that you don't realize. Um, then you can, if, so if you know for a fact that um, your business can survive for X months, um, mm -hmm. Let's you know pick a realistic number. Maybe 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 it's three. Maybe it's six. Um, but if you can survive without revenue, granted you, you you can't having have all your employees sitting around doing nothing. But but if but 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 with adjustments to 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 um, the payroll etc., you can survive. Then you can think about what to do next. Uh, what can you do in between while you've got time? Right. You could heck you could. You could we whenever we had Christmas break um, because we had so many school uh, clients. I mean, we did you know floor to ceiling cleaning and uh, unbelievable things that that you wished you could do every day, but you know you can't, right? But so we planned for these things, right? Um, same thing with your your business. You might be able to do certain things during this period that you wouldn't. Um, when you're busy with the day-to-day -day operations. But if you don't have that emergency fund and if you don't know how you're going to pay next month's, make, make next month's lease payment, then, 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 then that level of stress is going to basically wipe out your sort of whole mindset and your availability mentally to, to think about the future other than getting from here till tomorrow. Right. And I think that, you know, we talk when when I'm working with my clients, you know, I always, I always talk about managing your mind. And I think, you know, when you can manage your mind, you can do an awful lot. Um, and it is the first of the six assets that I talk about in a business. And the, the sixth asset that I talk about is the cash um, that you bring to a business because, you know, like a lot of people, so I sell, I sell the locker and it's a, it's an upcycled shipping container for food production. So you could, if you couldn't lease a space to make your sushi, you can lease one of these units and it's, um, you know, it's, it, it makes the, um, it makes the financials more attractive because of the scalability and, um, you know, leaseability of it versus building a stick built building. But I have folks who come to me and they're like, Oh, I, I, I could build such an amazing business with this locker and it's such a good idea, you know, when we put millions into the economy after four or five years and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, great. What's your credit score? And they're like, mm -hmm. what do you, <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, 
<laughs> you are the founder, the business is you, and it is, it is dependent on your credit score. And, and that credit score is then, of course, dependent upon how you manage your cash in your own life. Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, 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 it, that's, that's, that's totally true as well. Um, and that goes into, um, questions about when you're doing due diligence on, on businesses, if you're, if you're looking to buy them, if you're looking, God forbid, you know, you're looking to go into a partnership with somebody, um, you have to look into all those things. And frankly, a potential partner's credit score is hugely important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so let's, you know, like we talked about some of the things food entrepreneurs can be doing right now. Like I had a conversation with somebody, I'm like, you need to take meat and poultry passive training and you are in a downtime right now. And the, like, now's the time that you have to do it. So where do you see for food entrepreneurs and and probably not people who are just starting their businesses i'm not sure how many people are going into food right now um but for people who are looking to scale or looking to um who, or who are going to be looking to exit in the next two to three years what would you say are the opportunities for them like right now with the world is the way it exists <laughs> um so i think the 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 best thing that, that that I could recommend is to is to take a look at what's happened to your business over the last month, and you can I think it gives you the opportunity to see what you can do um, in terms of introducing uh, purposeful flexibility in, into into the business um, because of there are going to be things that, that, that you're going to notice that you thought you could never live without. Um, and you're going to realize that I guess maybe I didn't need that. And, and I was paying X dollars for it, whether it be at a service or be it an employee, I hate to say, but things like that, um, that, that you can realize that that can be turned into a variable cost. Um, so if you can shift things out of your fixed costs into your variable costs, um, and, and when you, right, when you are forced by a, an uncontrollable event, um, to do this, uh, you, you, your, your mind focuses, right. A little better than, than maybe mm -hmm. it would be if say you hired a consultant and they came to you and they said the exact same thing that I just said, they said, you know, it'd be great if you, if you would do this, you've got your, your fixed costs are this. And why is this under the fixed cost column? It seems like it could be variable. No, 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 I couldn't do that. Well, you may be discovering that, that, that you can do something um, like, like that. Um, so I would look for opportunities um, to, to, to make the business, you know, scalable um, in a positive way as, as well as, you know, as well as if, you know, in a semi-negative way, if you're forced to do something like, like what's been going on um, because of the, the, the pandemic. Um, you know, I had a, uh, a conversation with, with somebody and, and they were talking to me uh, about being prepared for business, essentially business growth. And I said, you know, oh, I, I think I feel like I have my, my processes in place, you know? And they said, well, okay, well, let me ask you this question. What if, what if you got 10 calls tomorrow for 10 new clients 
how would you go about onboarding those clients and all that kind of stuff? Um, and it made me, and it made me think. Um, and it, so it's sort of the same thing, right? You need to, you need to realize that we don't know what the world is going to look like um, again on the other side of, 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 of the pandemic, but it's going to come back. Only thing we know is it's going to be slightly different. Maybe, maybe more than slightly different. Um, so, so how can you prepare yourself for those eventualities? Um, and, uh, and I think we can all, we can all figure out a fat middle of the curve. You know, it's, it's trying to think about, um, the, 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 the tails, that's the most important thing. You know, what if it is not anywhere near as good as they thought? Um, or, or what if this is actually super good for my business? Can I actually handle it? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I, I definitely have clients who are, who are figuring that question out right now um, as well. And so, so, that's, so that's all really, really, really good information. So what, do you have any resources or anything that you would recommend for people, books that you've read or other things that, um, that have really helped you on your journey? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, the, it, I mean, the, obviously, you know, the, the, the internet is a, is a, a great place. It can be a scary place. We, we all know, right? But there's a lot of, there's, there's, there's a lot more information out there. Um, and I want to call it on the financial side because of, obviously, as a financial planner and, and advisor, it's, it's what I point people to nowadays. But I also do think, as I was sort of alluding to before, is that, you know, if you're a business owner um, and you don't have your, your personal financial world, um, in, you know, in some semblance of organization, um, then you're going to have a hard time with, with your business as well uh, because of they, they, they overlap so much. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a great product I talked about, um, and I don't, I don't get any sort of a plug for this, uh, or, or, but, uh, but I, I talked about having all the binders, um, uh, you know, in my office at the sushi uh, store, um, and having everything organized. There's a, there's a great product called, uh, called the emer emergency binder, um, and, uh, and, and a woman came up with this, and she basically spent years um, putting together all of the things that that you need in your financial world um so that if you were not you don't even have to be hit by a bus and killed but if you were if you were uh put into a situation where you could not uh help your family you could mm -hmm. just be stuck overseas uh it it doesn't have to be be a, be an awful thing but 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 that they have they know where to go to get this thing and it will give them all the instructions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as to as to what to do because you know in families right um there's zero um it doesn't matter i'll say there's zero connection between or or statistics real as to whether it's it's not always the 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 man the woman or one but one partner or another is going to be the one that handles most of the financial uh aspects of, of that of that life together and so you want to make sure that the rest of the family, you know, can, can get by if that other person, the one that handles it isn't around. Yeah, um, no, so that makes, that makes it, that makes a ton of sense. And that is, I, I think, true of 
businesses as well. Uh, you know, they, they definitely have to have, we call it business continuity planning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it, and you know what, that's, that's, and that's exactly what it, it is. It's, it's, it's a financial life continuity plan. Um, so, oh, okay. right. So it's, it's the, it's the, and because of, and the, and that's the beauty of what, of what she's done. She's put something together that, that leads you through the whole path. Um, and, and, uh, and I can, I can give you the information you can put in the show notes, but uh, okay. it's, it's All a right. great Well, that would be, that would be excellent. So I think then there on that, we're going to draw the interview to a close. Uh, let my listeners uh, hear about, um, tell us how to, tell us how to find you if they, um, if they want to get some more information. Sure. So um, the easiest way to find me, I'm going to give you, I'll uh, give you two opportunities. You can, you can learn more about me if for some crazy reason you want to. Um, I'm all over the internet. Um, my, 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 my handle tends to be, um, it's, it's S-T-O-J-B-O-J. -O -J, um, and it's, it's actually pronounced Stoyboy because my name is, is, is weirdly pronounced and weirdly spelled. Um, S-T-O-J is, is pronounced Stoy. So S-T-O-J-B-O-J -O -J on all these different uh, platforms like um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that, but, or you can go, uh, learn more about my financial services company. Um, it's verbatim financial and, uh, it, it, it spelled as it sounds, uh, ver verbatim financial.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for giving us your insight today. I think that, that there were lots of really great things that we talked about and I'm so glad you were able to come on the show. No, thank you so much. It's a great opportunity. All right. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.